It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield, Allen tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson, oh look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown, and he's sacked again by Quinton Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets, listen, This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time to break down day number three of New York Jets 2023 training camp with a return guest, somebody you know, somebody you love, somebody who has been gone for a while. And I feel that I owe it to you listening to this show to know the backstory of why this gentleman hasn't been on the show for a while. He's had a story that he's been bottling up. And I felt like it wasn't my story to tell, but he gave me permission. So I'll open the show with what happened. He was driving his teenage daughter to a camp for children who misbehave. She had broken another girl's nose in a fight. And so he said, it's time for you to get your act together. I'm taking you to this reform school for the summer. And on the way, these two guys tried to kidnap his daughter and carjack him. And so He being the cowboy that he is, put a stop to that and ended up getting those guys, tying them up, putting them in the back of his car and bringing them to Detroit, where he had found out there was a warrant for both of their arrests because they were known drug dealers. And when he got there and he testified in the case, the judge was rubbed by him the wrong way, but also realized that his outlaw spirit is exactly what he needed in a lead investigator to help find out who tried to kill him because that judge had had his car bombed the day before and there was an attempt on his life. And so he has been in Detroit the last few months trying to figure out who did this to the judge. And that's why he hasn't appeared on the show. I am, of course, talking about the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, happy to have you back. Welcome home from Detroit. <laughs> you know, I was listening to that and I was like, where the hell is he going with this? And uh, at one point I thought that like the guys were going to kidnap me and take me to the reform school. I, I <laughs> thought that's my, might've been where you're going. And honestly, that would have been fair. Um, hmm. But then the first mention of Detroit and I was like, ah, okay, I get, I get where he's going with this now. I, I, I put it all together there, but uh <laughs> But yeah, that's that's not exactly what happened, but it's close enough. Uh, it's just real quick. I it was a busy year last year. I had to take some time away. I I moved to a new house, got married, had a, a beautiful baby boy. So I decided to put all my attention on that. Uh, I wanted to, the whole thing with having kids with me was I wasn't really interested unless I could spend a whole bunch of that chunk of time with them. And I could be in a position to do that. So I wanted to make sure I was home with him. And uh, yeah, I, we were joking before because I even just completely disappeared off the face of the earth, shut my phone off and left that at home and disappeared for a few little bit because I was just like, yep, I can't have this addiction of the phone around me. I just need to focus my attention here. But 
you know, you said it's day number three of camp, but let's be honest, it's day number one because th- th- today was the day that I showed up. So I'm ready to get back at it. This is true. Now that you're home from your adventure in Detroit, by the way, for anybody that didn't get what I was doing there, the description of where Chris has been and what he's done was the plot to the new Justified series. That's how it begins. So if you haven't seen that yet, now you know that's your little teaser to what you're looking at when you watch the return of Raylan Givens. The truth is a lot simpler. As Chris said, he needed some time away. He unplugged. He went away for a while, took a break from everything, and now he's back recharged and ready to get right down to business. And so is Aaron Rodgers. By the way, Aaron Rodgers putting on a show today in front of a packed house at Florham Park. This was the first open practice. And I would imagine that the vibe here, Chris, was probably similar to what it was when Brett Favre first showed up at Hofstra back in 2008. Now, the circumstances were a little bit different because Favre showed up toward the end of the summer And it was this shocking move that the Jets pulled off with Rodgers. Fans knew for months that he was going to be there. It wasn't the shocking move that it was with Brett Favre late in training camp. But still, having a legendary quarterback like that, your first opportunity to see him live in person in a Jets uniform, something special. Before we get into the actual practice, Chris, talk about what it was like there today. Yeah, it was wild. I've I've been covering this team for a long time. And Speak of that far of year, I showed up two years later, you know, like I missed Sanchez's rookie year, but I I showed up to, uh, to work there his, the, his second year, the second year of Rex Ryan, the second year of the back to back AFC championship. So it was just two years past that far. And who boy, there's been a whole lot of bad and incompetent quarterback play during that time. Um, but. I, I I haven't seen we've seen some uh you know excitement going into off seasons before plenty of times over since that five years um there's been various levels of excitement for differing reasons nothing comes close to this one today and and this isn't just the Aaron Rodgers part of it now actually it, actually it is because the Aaron Rodgers part of it is why they've done this but. Uh, they've built up the the stands and the crowd. They have like a double decker stands situation thing in the one end zone, and then the typical bleachers that they have now are way bigger, and they got a roof over it. Um, so there's way more seating, way more fans there. It was way louder, way more intense. And yes, Cuz was there. If you do know who Cuz is, if you know, you know, he was there. I couldn't see him, but I could hear him. There was lots of other rowdy fans there too. And anytime a play happened, you know, the fans there uh, every year, they get loud. They love it. They get into it. But I was joking that, you know, in a couple of years, they're just going to end up playing the games here. That's just like how much they're building the stands around this, this field. So it was loud, and the the players were feeding off the energy. Dan Feeney and a couple of the other linemen before practice started, they started doing you know a fat guy truffle like running down uh, the bleachers, uh, the stands, and giving everybody high fives to really get everybody amped. But that's it. Obviously, the story is Aaron Rodgers, and I can talk about the beautiful throws that he threw, the the way the ball just cuts through the air, the perfect spiral every time. I, I showed up uh, for a mini camp practice and I, and, you know, he was sitting there with the sleeve on. 
So he wasn't really practicing, but he was just uh, this one day he was just kind of dancing around and just, oh, hum, flicking his wrist and the ball would just sail 60, 70 uh, yards in the air, just perfect tight spiral, boom, right down. And it's like, oh my God, like this is beautiful. Like this is art. Like I, it's, it's, it felt like watching like Van Gogh paint or something. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, and he's, it's so casual about it. And I can talk about some more of those today, but really the, the thing that stood out the most to me is just watching him complete like seven yard slant after seven yard slant, just every little thing, the simplest things we're done. Boom, boom, boom. No problem. There was never a hiccup, never a mistake. And okay, well, it's just one, it's just practice. It's just one little thing. There's none of that. Uh, all the simple things are executed perfectly. All the slightly more difficult things are also executed perfectly. And then you start to go down, you know, the, all the like extraordinarily difficult things are also executed almost close to perfectly. Uh, and so, you you just I'm gonna end up getting to a point where you take this stuff for granted with him, and this is obviously what Packers did. Just watching him, it, this all that stuff, routine stuff, he makes simple and easy and routine. And if that becomes simple and easy routine, to if that's simple easy routine to him, that becomes simple easy and routine to the rest of his team, to all his teammates. That becomes simple easy routine. It becomes a habit. It's you know it spreads like a you know like a disease of something among everybody, and they will all feed off that. And he was making some outstanding throws too, and he. You know, first uh, play a red zone and goes to Alan Lazard. DJ Reed goes pop right there. Stopped him for no no gain. N- next two passes, touchdowns. Like, it doesn't matter. Okay. Like, it goes, he's like, all right, you were on that one. Never mind. Let me get this. And just whips in these perfect passes. And it's just the first day of camp. But, like, also, or the third day of camp, this was my first day. Uh I had to get a root now, so that also ex- extended uh, my absence. But his first day, my first day watching him, and the you know, every, we've been doing these podcasts for a long time, Scott. How many times do you think that I've come on and said, "Yeah, I think the offense won the day." This might be the first time, actually. Yeah, I I think there might have been two or three others, mostly running uh, oriented, but uh, yeah, this that's not far off. And this defense is really good too. This is that's the other thing. So it's not like now it's just all role reversal, terrible defense. But no, now you have Aaron Rodgers running the offense. I don't. I'm I'm not here to sit here and sell you on Super Bowl dreams because this is still the Jets and I'm my guess is right now and feeling all along is this is going to be a fun season it's going to feel great for a lot of things but it's still somehow some way going to inexplicably end in disaster you know for probably a similar I'm thinking probably similar to the Favre year um but so I'm not I'm not sitting here telling you get carried away Super Bowl they're beating everybody they're beating but like this guy is going to run the offense and they are going to have by far the best and most productive training camp they have ever had since I've been here. This is like, there's not going that, and that goes for the defense too. It's going to, they're going to feed on that confidence. It's going to build and build. And, 
AFC is very tough. They got their work cut out for them. But this, I've never seen such competency. Oh, just right in your face here in Florham Park. It's wild. Chris, I have to make two quick corrections on what you said. The first is you mentioned Dan Feeney leading the fat guy charge, which is a fun way to put it. It wasn't Dan Feeney. Dan Feeney's in Miami now. It would be Joe Tipman, the rookie out of Wisconsin, because both guys have sweet mullets. That's the other it. question I have to make is that you said that the Jets made these stands and they've been building the ability to have these big crowds for Aaron Rodgers when the real reason is they knew you were showing up today. Fair enough. Fair enough. But that is correct. I forgot about the Feeney part of it. That's that shows you, you know, I'm a little rusty off my game. Still getting back to first day of training camp for me, like we said. Um, But yeah, the uh, I I saw the mullet. So it just I just said Feeney. And then but yeah, you're right. They built this. They built the stands for me. Or also, honestly, they probably built the stands for Connor because Connor Hughes is as popular as any of the uh, the players are with, with the fans in the crowd. They're always chanting for Connor. <laughs> you got to love the fans at Jets training camp. You talked about how Aaron Rodgers gave this offense a different feel and how for one of the few times that you've been there at Florham Park or before that at the other Jets training facilities, the Jets offense actually won the day. Talk about what you saw. I know that Garrett Wilson and Sauce had some battles and Sauce went toe-to-toe with his buddy Aaron Rodgers. And it was good because, as I keep saying, and it's at the point where somebody's going to ban me from saying this, iron sharpens iron. Sauce going up against Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson is helping him become better. And Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers going up against Sauce is helping them become better. And then you had Miko Hardman making plays. There's a play circulating on social media where Corey Davis made a tremendous catch in the end zone, Tyler Conklin as well. So take us through what you saw in totality from the offense, all the big plays, and even the little things, like you said, stuff like the seven-yard slants. Yeah, well, uh, I feel like we all need – we're all going to be like a live version of that the one Bart Simpson meme where he's in class and everyone's, say the line, Bart, say the line, with the iron sharpens iron thing, like – (laughs) <laughs> it, enough of it uh but also it's it's not gonna stop so let's just embrace it let's just embrace it now let's just we're gonna we're just all gonna dive all in on this and we're just gonna beat it to death because they're gonna be saying it constantly so we can we can sit here and roll our eyes at it or we can just make a big funny game out of it and just laugh every time so i'm i, I vote for that route um but yeah there's you know, the defense was really good today, too. So it's not like it was just all over the place. But mostly I, I'll, I just watching the red zone where I'm just like, yep, yeah, okay, offense wins. Like, because he's just making these throws, putting it in place. Uh, the one to Corey Davis, like, DJ Reed was right there. He had as good a coverage as you could possibly ask. Now, uh, me and uh, another reporter were talking about this. Be- uh, like DJ Reed, not the tallest guy. I'm not. I'm not sure what they list him at, but he wasn't far away from him. I'm I'm five eight and a half at best, and he's barely taller than me. Um, it's like he's he's five ten at most. Well, I I don't care what they list him at five. I could give him five ten and a half. Corey Davis, much taller guy, got some ups. DJ Reed was right there, but 
he just couldn't get to it. It was just like a fraction of a millimeter away, but snatch, boom, my touchdown. Um, a couple other plays, uh, the, the one play he's trying to hit Garrett Wilson about 30, 40 yards down the line and perfect route, perfect throw. Sauce just makes a great play, sticks his hand up, boom, perfect coverage. Like, uh, nothing you can do about it. And I tweeted it out. It was like, as if, if you're watching that, the fans see that, that that's exactly what you want to see from it. Uh, like, you can't, you're not going to complain about the throw. You're not going to complain about the route. And there it is. You ain't complaining. Uh, your awesome cornerback just made a play. So that's exactly what you want to see in practice of, with your team going against each other. You know, that iron sharpening iron thing. Um, and the next play, there's no, all right, let me, let me find a more favorable matchup. Let me, let me go over here to this guy. No, all right, Garrett Wilson, you go run this route against Sauce. Different route, but they just go with a quick little curl route and boom, catches it, and then Wilson can spin right around Sauce and boom, pass right there. Um, You're not going to see that happen to Sauce a lot. There's not going to be a lot of quarterbacks that are going to sit there and get beat by Sauce and then go, okay, I'm coming right back at you. But Aaron Wilson, now with Garrett Wilson, or Aaron Rodgers, now teamed up with Garrett Wilson, too. I, I you know, the other day, Garrett Wilson was like, he said about Aaron Rodgers, that boy cold. Um, and we saw what Garrett Wilson did last year with those quarterbacks. <laughs> like, give him Aaron Rodgers and and see what, what he does. Um, this team has weapons, for Aaron Rodgers to use, he's got some weapons that he's comfortable with. Alan Lazard made a catch in the in the red zone and for a touchdown as well. Uh, I talked about that that first play. It was they just went with a short little dump off screen uh, to him there, and DJ Reed just snuffed it out and read it. It was beautiful. But again, they were just like, okay, not to be deterred. We're going right back, and he just have such perfect placement. Um, and then like he. He knows how to, when to rip the ball. And I've talked about this for years. The thing that I've loved about him the most is when I, like, I watched him for a while without realizing what, really how strong his arm was. And it's not because, like, I couldn't see. It's because he wasn't showing it. Because he didn't need to show it. And then all of a sudden, like, I, I forget what it was, but it, like the, when I did see, it, I was like, oh, but he he felt the need to break it out then. He went with the rifle play and he very seldom does. He has a much stronger arm than he shows most of the time, but because he doesn't need to do that, he knows the right amount to do with it. He can, like I said, he can do the simplest things, but he can also play, on, you know, on like the most advanced modes. He can do it on like the top tier difficulty. Like this, he's just different. And to be able to have the weapons around him, we know there's good weapons around him. And now I can sit there and I can watch a practice and. Yeah, okay. I can see it now. Instead of being like, Yeah, man, I think this receiver's really good, but like, I mean, 
I see him beating the, the, the corners. I see him getting open, but he's not able to make plays because what do we do with this quarterback? No, like how, how much of our discussions over the years has been about, man, you just need to have a quarterback so good enough to evaluate the other players. Like that's the type of hell the Jets quarterback situation has been in. And now to take this leap to Aaron Rodgers, it's just wild. Um, to be able to see it, it just for so long, man. Watching all these terrible guys, and then it's just it's uh, uh, just Rogers coming in, and again, everything just smoothly. It's like I didn't hear any. What are you doing? There, like it might. It was probably the quietest practice I've ever heard from the coaches. Number one, now. There's no S off. There's no, there's there's no Rex Ryan. There's there's no, uh, you know, but it, that's they didn't need to. The the Aaron Rodgers was running the practice and it was going smooth. Again, the the simple things were going off. The, even you know, it was just one practice, so I'm not going to get too carried away with this. But even watching Zach Wilson when he would come in, everything seemed smoother with him too. Now maybe that's just that could just be a a little bit of calmness that he's not so nervous going into the season because he doesn't have this pressure of being the starter, uh, less eyes on him. That could be it too. But it also just feels like Aaron Rodgers has steadied everything around everybody and Robert Sala talked about this too that everybody's talking about this team and Super Bowl Super Bowl everybody's putting it on them so what can they do they might as well just embrace it just like I was saying about the iron versus iron thing people are going to be talking about them Super Bowl or all this stuff they're going to put it on them and they can sit there and try to downplay it if they want but that's not going to do them any good so just embrace it. Now, it's not something that they're talking about every day at leading the meetings. It's just, Ed Salah said, no, it's just something that's understood at this point. But, like, there's, that's a wild, Michael Carter was talking about his first time. He was, it just seemed like, oh, we, we're just trying to put together a football team to go here. And now it's like, no, we're thinking Super Bowl. And it doesn't seem like anyone's like, yeah, this is too crazy, or I'm super nervous about it. Everyone's just locked in, steady, ready to go to work. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Speaking of guys that are locked in, ready to go to work, 
Quinnen Williams, if you had any reservations about how hard he was going to try after getting that big contract, maybe you had some Mo Wilkerson vibes. Doesn't seem like that's going to be the case because he was on fire today at training camp. Also, I have to recommend that whoever it was that got Michael Clemens mad enough to get Michael Clemens swinging today, bad idea. Don't do that again. Jermaine Johnson switches numbers. He's now wearing number 11, which is what he wore at Florida State. And then, as you said, Chris, Robert Sala and a couple of the players spoke after practice. So take us through all that. Everybody's focusing on the offense, but we saw Quinton Williams shine again. Jermaine Johnson changed numbers. Michael Clemens almost killed somebody. And then we had people speaking after practice, including the head coach, Robert Sala. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Muhammad Wilkerson, he was at practice today as well. Um, but uh, yeah, if you if you had any thoughts or concerns about uh, Quinton Williams, you probably haven't been paying too close of attention to the type of person he is. And like he that guy just wants to laugh, smile, crack jokes, play football and play mad. That, that That's all he wants to do in this world. And hang out with his kid. But like that's he loves playing football. Um he loves being he loves every part of it too. He loves practice. He loves sitting there um with his teammates. He loves coming up to the podium to talk to us reporters. He loves going to speak to other reporters and one-on-one. He he loves all of it. This this is what Quentin Williams was made for. Like he was bred for this. He's he loves it. So he he's ha- very happy to have that money be able to take care of his his family. But he's that is not gonna stop him, slow him down, uh, like satiate him one bit. He's going to get right back at it and continue to go to work and be the best he can be because that's just what he that's genuinely what he wants to do. Um, so yeah, the Michael Clemens thing. Oh my god. Very, very early in practice, this happens. Very early in practice, the, in, in training camp. It's not usually until, you know, at least getting closer to August. Um, day three of training camp, brawl breaks out. And, like, this this looked like a brawl. I didn't see it happen as it happened. I, I looked down on Twitter. But, like, this looked like people were scrapping. And uh, DJ happened to play some choice uh fight music you know growing up in the 90s there there's there's some certain rap songs that most people would associate with fight music um you can go ahead and check my timeline for some of those uh but that's coincided with the fights too but i find out it was jeremy record uh trying to fight michael clements record what and then i was like well long island boys what are you gonna do you know like they, they they all they're the ones that are going to try somebody like Michael Clemens, uh, but that is why 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 do that to yourself, Mister Ruckert? That is a bad bad decision. Just like of all the people to try. No, I'm sorry. Uh, two more brawls broke out though. One on the very next play, and then one a few plays later down the field. Again. The, Normally don't see this until at least the second week of camp. And usually it's it's around the third. But and the pads haven't even come on. They're going on on Tuesday, but they haven't even come on yet. Uh yeah, that usually can't get into fights like this. But and 
Mike Clemens is around and somebody decides to test him. Yeah. I, I, I guess you're going to do that. The the Jermaine Johnson thing was funny. As soon as Denzel De- uh, Mims is gone, I was joking. He was probably in uh, Joe Douglas office. Like, you know, you, when, when you think you get rid of Mims, huh? You, you think we can, <laughs> you can think we can speed this process up. You, and go ahead. Go ahead. Take uh take 10, 20, 20 grand off my, off my contract. Go ahead. Just, just get him out of here. I want that 11. Come on now. Um, but yeah, it was it was funny watching him out there it's sitting there. He has he had you know some players go out there with like the belly jerseys where they they got the cut off to show their be- their bellies out there. And you got some of the big boys doing that too. But then you got the the rip dudes doing that. And I'm just like that number eleven looks a little different than the last number eleven. And well, frankly, all the number elevens I've seen, like Denzel Mims, Robbie Anderson, Jeremy Curley, uh, yeah, this number eleven looks a little different. Um, but that was fun to see too. Again, this this defense is stocked with players too. Um, <laughs> the only the only bad thing I say about this, I will keep pointing out. You, you just wish it could have been in a year where the AFC wasn't as deep as it is because this team is stacked with talent. Um, yeah, I again a little rusty, so I got a little ahead of myself and talked about some of the stuff Salah uh talked about and Michael Carter talked about. Al Woods spoke as well, and that dude, that dude was funny. Everything he was saying, he's somebody you know, what you how you think you still surviving in this league basically because i'm good that's simple. <laughs> that's simple and he's and the man's right <laughs> like he's, he's he's not wrong he talked about how every off season he goes in uh, like he spends a lot of time at home but he's not like one of those players who's always at home just hanging out on, on the couch in their wife's face he's out on the tractor and doing work and he's and he sits there with a lot of alone time and processes and sits there and goes, okay, do I want to come back? Do I want to, do I want to retire? I've had enough. And every year he comes out of it and he's, okay, I'm ready to go play. And again, he's another player who says he looked at the talent on this team and was like, yes, sign me up for that. Um, Salo said he was, he was seemed to be excited, pleased with the fights. Now, I, I think that actually is another thing where Aaron Rodgers comes into it. If, if he's got Zach Wilson as a starting quarterback, he's not pleased with that fight because he's because he's like, you know, we need every rep we can get to get this offense to where it is. Now he's got Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. He's like, all right, now let's 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 go ahead and let these guys fight a little bit, do some other things to do this and that. He's not worried about needing every rep to iron out all the details because he knows Aaron's going to handle that. Um, it, it it was definitely interesting to see. Just normally the you know the coach is always like, yeah, I, by three he was just like, yeah, it was hot out there, and he and you could see his smile on his face. He was like, no, no, no this was good. I liked it. Um, so. It, it, it was it was a fun and interesting day. And again, it, uh, Mikol Harmon also talked. Uh, he very excited. Of course, somebody was like, you know, this it, a reporter asked jokingly, uh, but you know, the obvious Aaron or Patrick. Um, uh, so he didn't he didn't go into that or anything. But you know, the Jets have intentions to use to try to use him as more of a receiver, not just the gadget plays. Uh, he's, I was like, 
ready for him to be like, you know, I'm kind of like reject the idea of gadget plays, but he was like, no, I'm, I'm good at the gadget plays, but I can do the other stuff too. So players don't like the word gadget normally. He, he seemed to embrace that. He's like, no, I'm good at that. He's like, I don't mind if you call it the gadget plays. Um, he's also apparently a big fan of lemon lime Gatorade. He, he had that and was very pleased with that. But, uh, you know, obviously he talked about the same thing about embracing the Super Bowl uh, aspirations. He got to Kansas City, drafted it there, and that's what it was. It was Super Bowl aspirations, you know. And Sala talked about the the year where he felt it the most for him was with uh, Russell Wilson's rookie year in Seattle. And you know how that turned out. So uh, obviously, again, do not get it confused here. I'm I'm not sitting here projecting the Jets to go to the Super Bowl, but I I'm <laughs> for once since I've been covering this team, I cannot sit here and look any of these players in the face and be like, "Yeah, you're nuts for thinking it." A lot of optimism from the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, and above all that, a very big deal, Mister Chris Nimley, wrapping up. Our coverage of day number three of New York Jets training camp, the very first open practice in the Aaron Rodgers era. Sounds like everybody was pumped, mostly for Chris being back in the building, but also for Aaron Rodgers being there. Chris, appreciate you coming back. Looking forward to doing a bunch more of these this summer. Now that you've got your phone back on, really appreciate you coming on. Make sure you check out everything Chris is doing at JetsInsider.com, everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Awesome All-22 breakdowns are up there, so watch our videos. Subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. <laughs>